You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. And today is the... 17th day of June 2021. Guest call number is 917-889-8827. My wife and I had to go up to Salt Lake today, and we're currently in West Valley, Utah, so we're not home. And we have to change a headlight out that I just found out that I bought my wife this headlight on Sunday. And she said that she would change it. It's Thursday, and it has not been changed, and we're about to drive back, and it's 8 o'clock at night. So 
So luckily we have the HUD light with us, but we don't have any tools with us because they're at the house where she said she would change it. So Emmett is going to be reading again. Yay, but Kim is with me. Emmett, are you there? Yes, I am. Um, we're good. <laughs> okay, so um, did you get your tablet all, like, done for the, uh, the to see the studio? Just barely. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be reading uh, Chapter 13 of Holy Priesthood, Volume 5, Sustaining and Following the Brethren. We'll be on pages 182 to 194 um, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. Uh, you can also read along. Oh, there's a chat room there as well. But you can also read along at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. And uh, I'm just opening up the chat room now. Uh, we'll dedicate all, I will dedicate well, Emmett, do you want to dedicate the reading, or do you want me to do it? I think you would do a better job, considering I have no idea what to say. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Um, but how are you supposed to learn unless you do it? <laughs> Just kidding. I'll dedicate Repeated the listening. And... Yes, okay, fine. Uh, it, it's just a prayer, and we dedicate our time to our Father in Heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. It's really easy. So, all right, I'll just do that right now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We dedicate our time unto thee, Father, that we might be able to educate thy children, that we all might be told in thine hands for the redemption of Zion, for the building up the kingdom of God on the earth. We love thee, Father, and we thank thee for all of our many blessings and for the plan of salvation and all that thou hast done. We love thee and we say these things in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, even Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, Emmett, I have to go help Mom, who I think is trying to unscrew something with a key. So I'm going to go help her. I'll be listening now. I'll just mute myself. Okay. Um, I guess I'll start reading. Uh, okay, we were on page 182 of chapter 13 in Holy Priesthood, volume 5. I am reading out of End Time to the Nations by Ogden Kraut, uh, volume 2 specifically. And in that book, we were on page 919, but in whatever this, like, this chapter, I guess, or this volume... Uh, it's 182. <laughs> Sustaining and following the brethren is what it's called. Okay, let's get into it. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to, to whom ye obey. Romans 6.16. When used in this context, to sustain means to support and uphold, to help keep in existence, to assist someone in his office and calling. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to agree with every word he says. Over 40 years ago, Elder Marion G. Romney related this following story, or the following story. One day when President Grant was living, I sat in my office across the street following a general conference. A man came over to see me, an elderly man. He was very upset about what had been said in this conference by some of the brethren, including myself. 
I could tell from his speech that he came from a foreign land. After I had uh, quieted him quieted him enough so that he would listen, I said, why did you come to America? He says, I am here because a prophet of God told me to come. Who is the prophet? I continued. Wilford Woodruff, he said. Do you believe Wilford Woodruff was a prophet of God? Yes, said he. Do you believe that his successor, President Lorenzo Snow, was a prophet? Uh, hold on a second. For some reason, my headset just disconnected from the thing. Um, okay, let's continue on. Um, where were we? Do you believe that his successor, President Lorenzo Snow, was a prophet of God? Yes, I do. Do you believe that President Joseph F. Smith was a prophet of God? Yes, sir. Then came the $64 question. Do you believe that Heber J. Grant is a prophet of God? His answer. I think he ought to keep his mouth shut about old age assistance. <laughs> now I tell you that a man in his position is on the way to apostasy. He is forfeiting his chances for eternal life. So is everyone who cannot follow the living prophet of God. Uh, conference report, April 1953, page 125. <clears throat> Elder Romney seemed to think that because this man disagreed with the church president about old age assistance, that he was on his way to apostasy and forfeiting his chance for eternal life, had more understanding, or had a more understanding and tolerant approach, and said, Our Heavenly Father is more liberal in his views and boundless in his mercies and blessings then we are ready to believe or receive. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 257. Um, we are now, or we are on page 183, but it was like in the middle of the story, so I read it. Anything to say, anyone? Okay. I'm no, I'm, a, I'm just listening. I can't really do anything right now because Kim was in Ross for too long, and I didn't realize <laughs> until later Right before the sun goes down, that she had not changed the headlights. So now I'm trying to do this when I'm supposed to be on the. And I don't know why she didn't do it. She's busy all week, doing all the things that she does. So anyway, I'm listening. You want to go okay. talk on the show, Kim? Okay. All right. I'm gonna mute. Okay. Got it. <laughs> okay. It was that quote. Also, he claimed that God would not exert any compulsory means on man. Uh, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith again, page 187. In this perspective, we should learn to be more like God than man. The Lord has instituted an equitable governing procedure for the church, which is accompanied by the vote of the people. All things shall be done by common consent in the church, by much prayer and faith. DMC 26. No person is to be ordained to any office in this church where there is a regularly organized branch of the same without vote of that church, without the vote of that church. DNC 2065. And a commandment I give unto you that you should fill all these offices and approve of those names which I mentioned, or else disapprove of them at my general conference. DNC 12444. Or 144. Page 84. I'm going to continue because he's busy. This is a very important passage. The Lord is saying that even though he mentions certain people, 
for church offices, the membership still has the free agency to disapprove of them. That is certainly an awesome responsibility. How many Mormons will get to the other side and discover that they voted against what the Lord really wanted for them? Joseph S. Smith explained church voting procedure and the expectations of the voters. All of the quorums will vote in this manner. Everyone is perfectly free to vote as he wishes. There is no compulsion whatsoever in this voting. When you vote affirmatively, you make a solemn covenant with the Lord that you will sustain, that is, give your full loyalty and support without equivocation or reservation to the officer for whom you vote. After all the quorums have so voted, a vote will then be called of the whole congregation. Those bearing the priesthood and those not bearing it, all will arise. Those voting to sustain will raise their right arms to the square to witness that they sustain the officers for whom they vote. Conference Report, April 1970, page 103. Elder Smith seems to be a bit, uh, a little over-enthusiastic in saying that when you vote, you must give your full loyalty and support without equivocation or reservation to the officer for whom you vote. The Lord has never told us to give such support to any man without reservation. You vote for him to fill his office in the manner he is supposed to. It doesn't mean you continue to support him no matter what he does. And another extreme opinion came from Elder David Haight. Haight. Take it? One of those. When we sustain the president of the church by our uplifted hand, it not only signifies that we acknowledge before God that he is... um, He is the rightful possessor of all of the priesthood keys. It also means that we covenant with God that he will be uh, he will abide by the direction and the counsel that came that comes through his prophet. It is a solemn covenant. Conference report October nineteen ninety four, page seventeen. We're on page one hundred and eighty five now. Is there anything you have to say, Dad? No. I'm not even listening really. This is just stupid. I shouldn't I shouldn't even have a program on days when I well, I can never do this. I'm never. I can never do this program because I've always got to go to work, and then on my days off, I'm always busy doing something else, and I always forget. Like last week, I think it was. I was like, no, it was the week before that. I was fencing, and I forgot. This is the one that's one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just put that. Just throw that away, and put the other one in there. Anyway, so I set the program up because I thought I was going to be able to do the program while she was driving, but I'm not going to get pulled over because they got a headlight out when it was bought a week ago, and they didn't, I don't drive this car, so I didn't realize that she didn't do what she said she was going to do, so I'm sorry I'm complaining, it's just irritating that like, Okay, I'm going to mute myself because there's no point in even talking about this. Okay. Um, I guess we're continuing on. We were on page 183, I believe. Or five, not three. 
What covenant is made when we vote? Is it a covenant that we will follow that leader blindly without question? Is it a covenant that we must believe or do whatever he says? Or is it a commitment to sustain him only if he lives up to his calling? If he fails to fulfill his obligation, is that covenant then null and void? In fact, if he breaks the rules of the church, shouldn't he be subject to the same disciplinary action that applies to any other member? John Taylor explains, When we vote for men in the solemn way in which we do, shall we abide by our covenants or shall we violate them? If we violate them, we become covenant breakers. We break our faith before God and our brethren in regard to the acts of men whom we have covenanted to sustain. But supposing he should do something wrong, supposing he should be found lying or cheating, or defrauding somebody, or stealing, or anything else, or even become impure in his habits, would he still sustain him? And sustain him? It would be my duty then to talk with him as I would with anybody else, and tell him that I had understood things were thus and so, and that under these circumstances I could not sustain him, and if I found that I had been misinformed, I would withdraw the charge, but if not, it would then be brought to my duty, or it would then be my duty to see that justice was administered to him, that he was brought before the proper tribunal to answer for the things he had done. And in the absence of that, I would have no business to talk about him. Uh, Journal of Discourses 21-208. Uh, the Lord system works both ways. The members should support their leaders in every way possible so they will be able to fulfill, to fulfill their obligations. Leaders, too, are supposed to obey the Lord the best they can so that they can better serve the people. Brigham Young explained, um, we're on page 186 now, it may be that some pray that their bishop may be led wrong, that they may get rid of them. If so, is that taking a course to save the children of men? Take a man of the weakest intellect of any in a ward and ordain him a bishop. And then let every other man in that ward be filled with the power of his holy calling. Are they not ready and willing to give a word of counsel to their bishop when they meet him? Their faith is concentrated upon him. Concentrated upon him. They pray for him early and late, that the Lord will fill him with wisdom, enlarge his understandings, open the visions of his mind, and show him things as they are in time and in eternity. You all know that even such a man would become mighty in the house of Israel, if he had the faith of his word or of his ward. Journal of Discourses 7, 278. A lay member of the church may even object to the way a bishop, state president, apostle, or even the president of the church is doing his job. But his criticism is worth nothing unless it can be, or it can assist and improve the situation. Brigham Young clarified this. My maxim is, or makes him, uh, is, and it is a rule I have established in the legislature of this territory, Never to oppose anything unless the one making the objection can present something better. Do not oppose when you cannot improve. If you are not capable of dictating your brethren, do not say that you will dictate them until you have found out a better a better path than the one in which they are walking. Before you oppose your bishop as a man unworthy of your best feelings, first point out a better path to him, and then you shall have the right of going to the higher authorities to show you that you know more than your vision. <clears throat> uh, Journal of Discourses 644. If leadership in the church goes, of course, then blind obedience uh, goes off course, not of course. 
then blind obedience certainly will not straighten things out. If the people are sufficiently led by the Holy Spirit to know enough that they are being led incorrectly, they can exercise enough faith to effect the change. According to Brigham Young, I want you to have faith enough concerning myself and my counselors for the Lord to remove us out of the way. <clears throat> if we do not magnify our calling and put men in our places that will do right, Journal of Discourses 9-142, and we are on page 178. Anything to say, or he's still busy? I think he's still busy, so I'm going to continue. If members do not have confidence in their leaders, or they have some legitimate reason for not sustaining them, then they should not be the hypocrite and vote for them. If they have hope that the leaders will do better, correct their mistakes, and repent, then they should constructively admonish them by writing letters or visiting with them. Then turn the matter over to the Lord for his judgment. Too often, members sustain church leaders without really understanding what they are doing. <clears throat> oh, where was I? Where? I read onto a different line for some reason. Without really understanding what they are doing. Even though they disagree so, with those holding high office. Okay. Are you, uh, are you reading out of the book? Yep. Okay. We got the job done. It's um, all good. So now so we got advice again. <laughs> What's that? Anything to say on what you haven't been listening to as much? <laughs> I haven't been listening to it. And like I was trying to read it, but then I was like, like about 20 minutes before the program starts, I was like, I wonder if she changed the headlight. And then I was like, oh, she didn't. We don't have any tools with us, and we were at Ross. So then I was trying to figure out where the headlights were. No, I don't want you to drive. You're scared of driving. <laughs> Kim has anxiety in city, the city, because we're country people. We're used to all these highfalutin cars flying all over the place. We're used to sheep and goats and rams and well we got tractor traffic like farm tractor traffic herds of cattle that walk by the house from time to time with cowboys chasing them anyway so um so about 20 minutes before the radio show starts i'm like where the heck are the headlights that i just bought last week that kim said she would put in and she Gets really busy doing a thousand other things. Yeah, but how do you not know that you're driving at night without one of your headlights? You didn't recognize that you didn't have... Oh, she doesn't drive a ton at night, she says. Anyway, I guess that's true because the sun's still up and it's almost 8.30. So anyway, um, so we finally find the headlights. And then it's been so long since I've changed the headlights in this car. I was like, where in the world are high, where's the tools that were in this car? So so I went into Ross, and I went and found some cheap tools. And I was like, oh, okay, I get this and this. And I found a little box to put them in that I can keep them in Mom's car. Hopefully there will be the, her, her tool set for her car. And then I walk 
over to where the line was for the checkout, which was like 30 feet, 40 feet long. It looked like every person in West Valley City had got their paycheck and run over to Ross. And I was like, ah, I don't think so. So I just dropped my stuff on the counter uh, on the jewelry counter and walked out. I was like, nope. So anyway, and then I, I got on the phone and I looked up um, AutoZone. So I was like trying to get to AutoZone and then we passed in O'Reilly. So I was like, oh, there's an O'Reilly. And we pulled in here and they let us use their tools for free and they gave us some gloves that we could put on to change the headlights. And now we're finally done. So I'm listening now. That I have not been listening to anything you've been saying, and I did not go over this chapter because I don't know. I usually go over it while I'm driving my my truck. <clears throat> I'm not in my semi truck right now. I'm in my car, well, my wife's car that I'm driving. So this is all new to me, and I shouldn't have done a radio program tonight, but I did. So here it is. And Emmett's a good reader. So is there anything that you have to say about what you've read, Emmett? Um, well, to catch you up on what I've read so far, um, I read everything I read yesterday, and then things about sustaining presidents and stuff Joseph Smith said, <laughs> among other people. And then I messed up on, like, one sentence, and then you started listening, and it was, like, the only sentence you heard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. So, All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to see if I can make my way out of this urban jungle. West Valley's not that bad. For people that don't know, West Valley is a, a, suburb, uh, a suburb of Salt Lake City. It's over on the west side of the valley. That's why it's called West Valley. And it is like uh, kind of a kind well, I can't say it's poor, but it's got its poor parts. It's not, I don't know. I used to live over here. This is where I used to go to uh, the Sunday school or the, the, uh, the church that I used to go to when El Tom Perry came to visit me in 2004. Now, I guess that was 16 or 17 years ago. Holy crap. I don't know. I'm not used to <laughs> Kim's like, I'm just going to stare at my phone. I, this, I'm on 3500 South. It didn't used to have that turn there. Like, where do they? I haven't been here for a while. Anyway, I like it over here, but there's a lot of gangbangers over here, and it's just an interesting area. And my wife's not used to being over here. So, anyway, I'm going to mute myself. I am going to listen this time. And you are going to talk about things that I have not read yet. Thank you for doing that, Emmett. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Okay. So, I think I'm continuing now. Even though they disagree with those holding high offices, they want to continue enjoying benefits of church membership. So they raise their hands to sustain the brethren so that they can maintain their status in the church, share in church activities, and go to the temple. 
However, today the members are being taught never to look for any errors among church leaders. And if you did notice something amiss, just accept it. Ezra Taft Benson was quoted by his grandson, Steve Benson, when recalling memories of his grandfather as reportedly saying, Stand by the brethren, even if someday they are proven in error or inaccurate, it will be attributed to you for righteousness and the Lord will bless you. This is a basic principle printed in Sunstone, uh, December 1994, page 32. If this basic principle were true, then a different set of standards applies to members and leaders. Members are brought to trial for doing something wrong, but leaders are to be sustained if they do the same thing. Members are told to sustain the leaders even if they do wrong, but if a member does wrong, he can get excommunicated. Uh, Page 188, anything to say? (laughs) No. um, I don't know what to say other than, you know, they... They, they have to communicate people for all kinds of reasons these days. It's pretty ridiculous, actually. So, um, but I don't know what to say about that other than, you know, they're a corporation that does what they want to do. And if anybody even uh, poses any kind of threat at all, they'll just kick them out, you know, and get rid of them and shut them up, you know, because it's a cult. You, you've got to be in line with the authorities. And, like, I was driving around up here in Salt Lake today, and I was like, well, the cult's done pretty good. I mean, they got a lot of nice stuff. We're, we're actually just about to go uh, past the Harmons building on 3500 South by Jordan Valley Medical Center, which is a hospital I've been to. Um I don't know where a charger is, Kim. Uh, you don't have a charger for your phone in this car? Your car? Okay, I got to go again. I, I'm just... <laughs> I don't even know. I'm just going to mute myself. I'll just stay muted. It's free. Okay. Okay. I'll, like, finish up or unmute yourself when he can talk again. Okay, Um, to sustain and support someone when they do wrong is also wrong. A corrupt lawyer will tell a jury how innocent his client is, knowing he is guilty. It is the same procedure we follow in supporting and sustaining the wrongs of church leaders. If we should support them when they make mistakes, shouldn't they support us when we do the same? If a leader does wrong and you sustain him, you are being led to do wrong yourself, which is the same as being led astray. Sustaining is supporting, and if you sustain someone who is opposed to any of the doctrines of Christ, you are a partaker of their transgression. According to the Apostle John, whosoever transgresseth transgresseth, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine... Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for that he biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Second John nine to eleven. John discourages the support of persons to, or opposed to any of the doctrines of Christ, either by bidding them well or by association. If Brigham Young's instructions regarding this were correct in the eighteen hundreds, they should certainly apply today. He makes it very clear. What a pity it would be if this were led, or if we were led by one man to utter destruction. Are you afraid of this? 
I'm more afraid that this people have so much confidence in their leaders that they will not inquire for themselves of God, whether they are led by him. I am fearful they settle down in a state of blind self-security, trusting their eternal destiny in the hands of their leaders with a reckless confidence that in itself would thwart the purposes of God and their salvation, and weaken that influence they could give to their leaders. Did they know for themselves by the revelations of Jesus that they are led in the right way? Let every man and woman know by the whispering of the Spirit of God to themselves, whether their leaders are walking in the path the Lord dictates or not. This has been my exhortation continually, I think. Exhortation. Journal of Discourses 950. And we are on page 189. I'm going to continue reading. How often has it been taught if you depend entirely upon the voice, judgment, and sagacity of those appointed to lead you? and neglect to enjoy the spirit for yourselves, how easily you may be led into error and finally cast off or be cast off to the left hand. Journal of Discourses 8.59 Now those men or those women who know no more about the power of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit than to be led entirely by another person, suspending their own understanding and pinning their entire faith upon another's sleeve, will never be cap- capable of entering into the celestial glory to be crowned as they anticipate. They will never be capable of becoming gods. Uh, Journal of Discourses 1, 312. In the beginning of Christ's ministry, he delivered the Sermon on the Mount discourse to his disciples. In the King James edition, one particular statement is recorded. Judge not that ye, or judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. Uh, Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Man, that is a lot of judging. (laughs) But in the inspired translation of the Bible by Joseph Smith, he corrected it to read, Judge not unrighteously that ye not be judged, but judge righteous judgment. For with what judgment ye shall judge, ye shall be judged. Matthew 7, 2-3. Or 2-3, I guess. That sheds a new and different light on our responsibility to judge. Sustaining and voting is part of... Yes, hi. I'm up. Um, You have to judge every day. All of us have to judge. You have to judge whether somebody's safe to be around. You have to use discernment to judge. So this whole stupid mistranslation of don't judge anyone is just a bunch of crap. You have to judge. You've got to judge between good and bad. So... Mom wants to say something. So if you're in the scripture and you're actually reading it, it doesn't say do not judge. It says judge how you would judge others. That's how it is. So it shouldn't be don't be a judgy person. Like nobody loves a judgy person, right? But it is judge people how you would like to be judged. When you go to see God and you go to see your maker um, and he's going to judge he is going to judge you how you judge if you were more of like, okay, up. I understand. Yeah, that's because where we're going through. Can you still hear me? Can you hear me now, Pastor Emmett? Okay. I can hear you fine. Okay. Most part, it's just like every like, I don't know, minute or two, you just cut out a single word, and it sounds kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's because there's more people using the cell phone towers up here, so it breaks up weird. Um, but anyways, yeah. all I'm saying is just basically. 
um, when you're judged, you're going to be judged the way you judge others. So if you are a person who is more understanding of the reasons why people do the things they do or things happen the way they do, if you're like, okay, I understand that because that's a hard choice, that was a tough decision, I understand that this person is having this problem because of for whatever reason. If you're an understanding person, and all of us are sinners, so when you get there, he's going to know everything you did that, you know, was not like the best choice. We all have sins. <laughs> and then hopefully, yeah, we all sin differently. That's what uh, Mark is saying. We all sin differently. So, you know, you should be a judging person, yes, because everybody has to judge, but judge how you would like to be judged. If you want to have somebody who's not understanding, oh, wait, what did you say? Here, he's going to say something, too. Hold on one second. Oh, my gosh. We are in Redwood Road <laughs> and 3500 South trying to make a turn here, and you can't hard to see around the corner or a thing. Anyway, because my wife, she has to go to Maverick. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, so there's the thing with tolerance. Like, you can be tolerant to a point, but people who are just sitting, like, uh, I don't know how you say it. Jesus didn't die so that you could just do whatever you wanted. Jesus paid for the sins of those who turned to him and, uh, like, tried to do what he asked us to do, to keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. So, like, people who are willfully rebellious, there's an issue there. So you've got to judge whether or not you're going to be a friend of them or be around them. It doesn't mean you have to be rude to people. But, like, uh, one of the things that I've seen in the church recently is you've got a lot of people who want to be, or that they want the church to be inclusive. And why do they want the church to be inclusive? I don't know, because they want to be accepted in their sins. And no, we do not accept people who are willfully sinning. We don't accept a flipping a wife abuser, or at least we shouldn't, you know, or somebody who... Uh, is a pedophile, you know, like whatever their sin is, especially the grosser ones, we don't just accept that in the church. There's disciplinary actions and excommunication. And if it is a sexual sin, then hold on, Kim. I wish I knew what to do to help you. Okay. Okay. Yes, I would love something to drink, something diet. I don't care. Not, uh, Ooh, I want Dr. Pee. Pepper. And we are 150 miles from you, mister. And I want tea. Emma wants tea, he says. <laughs> Danielle says Emmett doesn't get tea. So, anyway, Danielle, Danielle and... Yeah, anyway, so, um, yeah, like, I'm sorry that you you want the church to just accept something that is in the scriptures as a sin, and, and you want just 
Like, why? Because you want to be in a social club? Because that's basically what Mormonism is nowadays. It's a social club with some good rules. Oh, it is. You know, they're not going to keep any of the higher laws, so it's not anything more than a social club with some good rules in it. But um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. I'm sorry. You know what? Go make your own club. You know, if you... uh, if you have uh, a problem uh, with sexual sin, then, uh, you know, go make your own club because you want us to change scripture. You want us to change the rules that we abide by. And we can't do that. Just because you think it's intolerant, guess what? You can go have your club somewhere else. And we don't have to have anything to do with you, and you don't have to have anything to do with us. And that was fine for a long time, but now all of a sudden, God releases all these stupid plagues on the wicked, and uh, they make it more, uh, well, that was in 2015, but then they make it more accepting. So now, it used to be taught that you you shouldn't, uh, have a uh, particular lifestyle. So people would kind of self-govern themselves. And when the adversary would come and say, hey, guess what? You like guys. You don't like girls. Or you like girls. You don't like guys. Whatever. Same-sex attraction. People would self-regulate themselves and say no, and they would, they would fight the demons. Now, there's no reason to fight it because everything is acceptable. Now you're, you've got more... Uh, influence where where Satan is actually having more le- uh, power with these people, and now you've got these people that think that they are something that they're not because the adversary continues to tell them, "Hey, you're gay." Guess what? I thought I was gay when I was a when I was a teenager because of things that happened to me when I was younger. Uh, sexual things that I was more comfortable around men than I was around women because of things my mom did to me. Just throwing it out there. I've never said it before, but I thought I was gay. No, that was the adversary that was pushing against me. And I've got a lot of gay friends and I love them to death, but that was the adversary pushing and pushing and pushing until I, uh, until he thought he could get me to give in and I resisted it. Uh, it turns out I'm kind of asexual. I love my wife, but I'm not gay, but I'm not really a sexual person. That might have something to do with my past, but this idea that, oh, it's okay now, and that people don't push back against the adversary when it comes to tempt you, and now they want to... You know, because there's more of them, they want to have more, um, what do you call it? They want to have more acceptance. And uh, you know what? If God has, uh, if God has laws and, uh, and you decide that you don't want to live those laws, then, hey, that's you. You can do what you want. But don't go throwing that in my face. You know, don't don't go throwing what you want to do in my face because you want us to be more tolerant of what you're doing because uh, we're not going to do that. 
And you can call it hate speech and you do all crying and whining and moaning and groaning you want. But uh, you know what? Jesus didn't die for willful, rebellious sinners. He died for people who were willing to try to keep his commandments. And uh, you don't have to have sex or a sexual life to, uh, you know, you can abstain. If, if that's what you have to do, that's what Daniel did. I'm not saying he was gay, but anyway, I'm going to uh, shut up because I've gone way off on a tangent. This is something that really pisses me off. I was watching TikTok earlier, and uh, and this guy's like, I haven't told anybody, but I'm bisexual. Why does the church hate bisexual so much? They don't hate you, but you're trying to push your agenda on the church, and guess what? We have this set of scriptures that's thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, which is a code of morals and ethics, and in our rule book... What you're doing is a sin. And even though Jesus died for sinners, he didn't die for willful, rebellious sinners, and we don't want you around us. And not in our, not in our club. So find, find yourself out of the church. Because why do you want to be in the church anyway? You want to be around a bunch of people that don't want to be around you? Because you, you want to force us to be more tolerant? I guess that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, you're not supposed to judge uh, unrighteously, but you can't be tolerant of all manner of sin and wickedness either. We're supposed to be a Zion people. We're supposed to come out of Babylon and be separate and not allow just every Tom, Dick, and Harry to come in and pervert our children and our, uh, our, our moral law. Anyway, Emmett, go ahead. I don't know how we got to that point, but I'm just going to continue reading. <laughs> I'll just go off on whatever I feel like needs to be said. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, we just got finished with the Matthew 7 quote. <laughs> that sheds a new and different light on our responsibility to judge. Sustaining and voting is part of the judgment by which ye shall be judged. And now we're on page 190. Anything to say? Just kidding. You, like, just got done with that. Hey, you just continue. keep on reading, mister. I don't need to be talking any more than I've already done tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're making me laugh. Every day and every hour of life, we are consciously or unconsciously making judgments, decisions, and selections. Our character and our spirit is modeled by the, or molded by the way we select, vote, and sustain. If we make mistakes and err, then our leaders should correct us. If our leaders, political or religious, should err, then it is our obligation to admonish and try to, or try to correct them. We receive him acknowledge this. When we are connected by our leaders, it is to set us right, to show us the wrong course, and induce us to pursue the right one. If I do wrong, if I get astray, it is perfectly right that someone should correct me. And when I am corrected, it is not right for me to justify myself. For if I do, I sustain the course. Oh, man, my asthma is having an issue. I'm like on and off muting because I'm like <laughs> just coughing a whole bunch. Anyways, continuing. Um, for if I do, I sustain the course of an indirect purpose. Journal of Discourses 4, 334. 
Brigham Young said if leaders get out of order, we should burn them out of office, but not by fire. I would beseech and pray the people so to so live that if I do not magnify my office in calling, you will burn me by your faith and good works, and I shall be removed. Journal of Discourses 7, 281. What do you do when political I'm gonna leaders give mom. I'm going to give mom the headset. I got to go in and use the restroom. So Kim's going to have the headset, and then uh, she could. Uh, this button right here is the mute button. But if you're not going to talk, don't mute. Uh, I accidentally push this button all the time, and then I have to call back in, so don't do that. This button. Do you want me to mute it? Okay, I'm going to mute mom, and then if she has anything to say, she will push the right button or she'll hang up on you. I do it all the time, so I wouldn't blame her. Anyway, here, uh, okay. I'm, I'm just going to be a mom. Okay, goodbye. I guess. <laughs> well, hello there, mom, I guess. Um, anyway, continuing on, where were we? The same burned up, not by fire, and she'll be removed. What do you do when political leaders disobey righteous political and moral principles? What should you do when religious leaders disobey laws and principles of the gospel? Both the government and church officials are determined by the vote of the people. An interesting explanation for voting in the LDS church was recently given by a state president. When a particular member raised a negative vote in their state conference, he was subsequently called into the state president office and chastised for voting against the general authorities. A member asked, well, what is the reason for having the voting? The state president replied, so we can tell who the apostates are. <laughs> oh, man, that's kind of funny. So, like, how do I put it? They are just, like, wanting you to vote one thing, and if you don't, they're like, well, that person shouldn't be here, so we're going to excommunicate you, or we're going to discipline you about it. Anyways, I'm continuing on. Page 191. Too many church members have been put on probation, disfellowshipped, or excommunicated simply because they disagreed with and failed to sustain their leaders. Hey, that's what I just said, pretty much. <laughs> what is the fate of such persons? Brigham Young explained what would happen. Brigham Young said that if we were accused falsely and tried before a bishop court or on, or tried before a bishop court or an high council, and even an unjust decision placed upon us for us to go before or go forth and make the requisition they required of us or the acknowledgement they desired, no matter if it were unjust, and he promised us in the name of the Lord. We should come out right and shine bright as the noonday sun while they went down. Charles Walker Journal, page 17. Hold on. Okay, I'm going to continue. In other words, if we were tried and the leaders made an unjust decision upon us, we should accept their... Decision. That's flipping over. Even if it was unjust, and it would still be all right for us and serve as a judgment against them. Our decisions and choices certainly have a serious consequence in our daily lives. We may suffer the terrible effects of choosing the wrong time to walk across a busy street or driving the car too fast. What we read and whom we associate with and even how we vote all have lasting effects. Not only does our vote affect the life of the person we vote for, but it also has an impact upon us and our salvation. It matters, it matters not whether we are a lonely member of the church or one of its leaders. For instance, Heber C. Kimball described some very serious consequences. He might as well, well deny Mormonism and turn it away from us. 
turn away from it, as to oppose the plurality of lies. I believe that is uh, polygamy he's talking about. Let the presidency of this church and the twelve apostles and all the authorities unite and say with one voice that they will oppose that doctrine, and the whole of them would be damned. Uh, that's like double voltage for some reason. So some sections of this book are bolded. For some reason, this one isn't just bolded. It's also italicized and, like, made a font size bigger, I guess. Anyways, that was in Journal of Discourses 5, 203. On page 192, anything to say? I'm going to take that as a no. Um, okay, continuing on. In other words, we will associate with the people in the next world that are similar to those we select to associate with here in mortality. If we despise polygamists here, we will probably not be able to associate with them over there, which means those who oppose plural marriage in this life will not have association with Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. May also include the Savior himself, and may we also include the Savior himself. Anyone who raises his hand to vote is making a very serious decision, and the leaders of the church are no exception. In the or in eighteen fifty-two, Brigham Young said to the state legislature, "Let this church, which is called the Kingdom of God on the earth, we will summon the first presidency and the twelve, the high council, the bishopric, and all the elders of Israel. Suppose we summons them here to appear here." And here declare that it is right to mingle our seed with the black of Cain, or the black race of Cain, and that, that they shall come in with us and be partakers with us of all the blessings of God, or all the blessings God has given to us. Oh, man, there's a lot of random, like, unneeded words, I guess, punctuation. On that very day and hour, we should do so. The priesthood is taken from this church and kingdom, and God leaves us to our fate. The moment we consent to mingle with the seed of Cain, the church must go to destruction. We should receive the church or the curse which has been placed upon the seed of Cain, and never more be numbered with the children of Adam, who are heirs to the priesthood, until that curse be removed. Therefore, I will not consent for one moment to have an African dictate uh, me or my brethren. It says dictate to me, but it's in like parentheses, which means it wasn't added to me or my brethren. With regard to the church or state government, I may vary in my views from others, and that they may think I am foolish in the things I have spoken, and think that they know more than I do. But I know I know more than they do. As quoted in Teachings of Brigham Young's uh, compilation compiled uh, by Fuller, Volume 3, page 46. And both the U.S. government and the LDS Church have elected leaders to represent the sheep, not to shear them. The Lord has made it clear that leaders are supposed to act on matters according to the approval and vote of the people. Uh, we are on page 193. Is anyone there? Anyone have anything to say? Everyone is here. Nobody has anything to say. You're doing a great job, Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess this was a short chapter because we only have uh, one more page to go. However, it should be pointed out here okay, so, that one member. Okay, hold the phone. Um, okay, so then you say um, the call-in number is nine one seven eight eight nine eight eight two seven, 
And if you have anything that you'd like to say, ask, or comment on, then that will be great. Go ahead and give us a call, and you push one. We could unmute your line. Um, yeah, again, that number is 917-889-8827. Go ahead, Emmett. Okay. Well, I have the studio pulled up on my tablet so I can see if anyone calls in, too. So, uh, yeah, call that number, 917-889-8827. Um, and I'm going to read the rest of this chapter, and I'm going to read the first page of the next chapter. Um, and then I'll let, uh, I don't know, I guess my dad will, because I don't exactly know how to. But let's continue. <laughs> um, where were we? However, it should be pointed out here that while members have the opportunity to vote on whether or not they accept church policies and leadership, they do not have that same opportunity when it comes to matters of the holy priesthood. God determines and controls that based on righteous and eternal hold on uh, based on righteous and eternal principles, not on the whims and opinions of man. When things are in order, the church acts as the vehicle for the operation of priesthood laws, but the membership can choose to accept or reject them, as they have done many times in the past. When these eternal laws are rejected by the church membership, however, they can and should be continued separate and apart from the church. Joseph Smith instructed, A key, every principle proceeding from God is eternal, and any principle which is not eternal is of the devil. The sun has no beginning or end. The rays which proceed from himself have no bound. Consequently, are eternal. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 181. Priesthood laws are ob obligatory upon those who bear that priesthood, and common consent or democratic vote will never change such laws. There are serious penalties for those who reject their vote against true revelation. As Brigham Young explained, uh, and this is a quote, um, I will go on still further and say, take this revelation on plural marriage in those weird parentheses that use text is not included, or any other revelation that the Lord has given, and deny it in your feelings, and I promise you that you will be damned. But the saints who live their religion will be exalted, for they never will deny any revelation which the Lord has given or may give. Uh, Journal of Discourses 3, 266. Page 194, and this is the last page uh, in this chapter. We have been taught repeatedly that we will be held accountable, accountable for our actions in this life including how we vote and which leaders and principles we decide to sustain, sustain and follow. Our eternal judgment and salvation depend on the choices we make. And now we're on page 195 at the beginning of chapter 14, a portrait, portrait of a prophet is what it's called. Um, you can call in now. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827, and uh, feel free to call in. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, gonna... um, every... can you hear me? Um, I was yep. just going to say that everybody does get to have their free agency, and um, when uh, somebody else tries to take that away from you or lie to you and say, oh, if you just do what I say, then you're not going to get in trouble for it, um, that's a lie. So all the things that you do in this life, you will be judged for, and all the things that you choose to do um, is your own free agency to do. You can choose um, whether or not to 
do the right thing or, you know, do the gray area kind of thing or, you know, choose to do the wrong thing completely. You, you know, life is full of a million different choices every single day and everything that you choose, it helps God to see, you know, who you are. Um, he, he knows who we are, but helps um, him to see how we are progressing and how the choices that we're making um, helps him to see, you know, where our hearts are and what we're capable of. So, um, yeah, so if you want to just follow one man and just, you know, try to follow somebody else through life, you're not really choosing your own. You are choosing to do what somebody else is doing, and uh, that's not how um, you're going to get through, you know, that's not how you're going to get yourself to the um, eternal kingdom that you end up in. Um, Yeah, so just basically um, just blatantly following somebody and following what somebody else tells you to do, you know, that person that you're following, they don't have to live with your consequences. That's why I don't, I mean, I don't mind giving people advice and letting them know this is maybe what I would do, but not telling them this is exactly what you should do, um, this is what you need to do, or like pressure them to do it, because, you know, I don't have to live with their consequences. I can make choices for everybody else all day long, but does that mean it's going to be the best thing for them? I don't know uh, what's best for them. Um, I know what situation they might be in or they can tell me, you know, an example of what's going on and, you know, give, you know, just ask for advice and then I could give advice. But I would definitely advise everybody to take it to God, have a personal relationship with God. And I think that um, we all need to be aware that we are, we do have our, you know, own free agency. We, you know, everybody can, you know, make the best decision that they feel is possible in any given situation all the time. It's what, it, what, it's what makes us, us human, basically. You know, we get to make choices um, how we feel is best for us or, you know, our families are best for the situations that we're in. Um, the situations are not always optimal. Believe me, um, my husband and I and many people that we know have had really less than amazing uh, situations where they have come from, where they have lived through um, a lot of difficult things. And um, we tried to make the best decision we thought, you know, throughout our lives at those any given moments. Um, but if you are just blatantly following somebody else and trying to listen to what they're telling you to do, it isn't going to help you. It's it's going to make it so that you just become a blind follower. And the whole point of this is to have your own experiences and also have a personal relationship with God to help you get through those experiences and help you to um, follow him and be one with him. Hopefully that's what, hopefully that's what everybody else is striving for. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Emmett, that was a huge tan- tangent, but just um, letting everybody know. You know, free agency is one of the biggest blessings that we were given coming down here. Being able to have the free agency to make our own choices, it's really a blessing. Um, so if you want to go ahead and continue on, uh, read that la- that little bit from the next chapter. And if anybody wants to call in and chat or has any comments at all, um, then you can call 917 917- 
889-8827, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Yeah, as you just call in that number, I'm going to continue reading Chapter 14. Well, I guess not continue, but start. And I'm going to read from 195 to 196. Um, so, let's go. Joseph Smith said or laid the foundation of his work. He was chosen by the Lord for that purpose, and was ordained by prophets and inspired men who formerly held the keys of the kingdom of God upon this earth. Wilfred Woodruff, Journal of Discourses, 1432. This chapter is included to help us in distinguishing true prophets so we will know the correct ones to sustain. There are a variety of prophets upon the face of the earth today, and many of them seem to congregate in the Utah area. They may be classified into the following groups. True prophets, false prophets, fallen prophets, ordained prophets, pretend prophets. I wonder what the difference between a couple of those are. There are only a few true prophets, and even fewer fallen prophets. Ordained prophets are those assuming to be prophets, and pretend prophets are most the most numerous and most popular. But the false prophets are the most dangerous. All of them have a place and a purpose. And in a way, they provide a maze that true sheep must experience and struggle through. Okay, and that's it. Anything else? <laughs> that was amazing. Can you hear me? Yep. That was great. You did a great job. Um, awesome. Hold on a second. I'm so proud of you for not hanging up every I don't have anything to say about that. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. I'm doing so good. See, practice makes perfect. And I did it all by myself. I made my own choices even, and I learned. Okay, hold on. He wants to say something. <laughs> oh. Okay. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes. Hello. We don't have any callers. We don't have anybody in the chat room, which is par for the course. But you know what? I was reading a scripture today, and it says, if you know that the enemy is at the doors or, or whatever, the principle, the principles basically. If you know that these things are wrong and you warn uh, the wicked against their iniquity, then their blood is on their own damn shoulders. Morning, morning, mayday, mayday. <laughs> I, at this point, I, I don't give a crap about whatever. Okay, so... It's just because I've been doing this for so long and nobody cares. And like I, I do, do, um, I do it because God told me to do it, and I don't want to do it, but I continue to do it because I have to because God commanded me to do it, or He asked me to at least. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna. You know I'm what? Gonna I'm gonna. Out. I'm just gonna come out. Why do I hear myself? I don't know. Uh, Hello? Are you there? Yeah, so I don't know. There was an echo. There is an echo. Why is it echoing? Do you have it on speakerphone, Emmett? Hello? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Do you have it on speakerphone? Yeah, um, Lydia is trying to connect her headset to this. Why is she trying to connect her headset to the phone that you are using? 
I have no idea, but it just connected to it twice for some reason, so I just turned the Bluetooth off completely. Okay, fine. All right, I'm <laughs> going to tell everybody why I'm having an issue today. I got home at 4 in the morning, 4.30-ish. I got laying down into bed at 5. I was going to sleep and everything. And one of the girls went downstairs and opened up a door and a gate and didn't close it like they're supposed to. And then my big old long feet are hanging off the edge of the bed. And (laughs) Miss Lucy Bell comes up, the dog, comes up and starts licking my feet at 8 o'clock this morning. So I got three hours of sleep. Okay, so I'm already tired because I worked a full shift this week. I was going to sleep, but then I didn't, and then I couldn't go back to sleep because I don't like to take sleeping pills on the day, on my last day. I I do want to sleep more than three hours, but um, anyway, so I'm just irritable, and it's hot, and I don't like Salt Lake, and I'm irritable because of that. And then right before the radio show starts, I find out that Kim did not do the headlight so and then we didn't have tools in the car because i don't know what happened to the flipping tools in the car but at least the headlights were in the car that i bought last week anyway um and i'm just i'm tired of being rejected like you know um and i'm glad that you are reading this emmett and uh i'm thankful that you are because i think that you're going to learn a lot but I have, I have a loathing hatred for the church and their iniquity, and I can't stand them. And even when people are awake and they're all like, they know the church is like not doing what they have been instructed to do in the uh, in the uh, in the doctrine and covenants. Like, they still don't do anything about it. And all of these fundamentalists. And I guess I'm going on a rant now, so. Buckle up, we're about to go down this roller coaster. But um, mm. all of these fundamentalists that, like, all of these really knowledgeable people, like, it's like they pat themselves on the back about how much knowledge they have. But they don't do anything about it. It's like the flipping Pharisees and Sadducees and the zealots and scribes that Jesus Christ had to deal with. What do you do? They know a whole bunch of stuff, but what are they doing about it? And you know what? It just drives me insane. And, like, God told me to do all this stuff, and I'm doing it, and nobody cares. Like, there's a couple people, there's people who listen, and I'm I'm not sure whether I'm a freak show. Like, they're passing an accident on the side of the road, and they're just looking because they're trying to figure out what's going on. Or if I'm a, a freak show, or a carniac, or maybe I'm just a clown. I don't know, but... And then... You got two people backing up at the same time, having a competing contest, right? A competing, I will back up before you. No, I will back up before you, and neither one of them is going to let up until the other one almost gets in. It looks like they got it. It's a competition. It's a competition? Well, that that would be competing something. It's a competition. Because we're in the Compton of Utah. Danielle thinks that's funny. Most people don't know what that even means, the Compton of Utah. Right? West Valley is like Rose Park, West Valley, Ogden, gangland territory in Utah. And uh, they want a front because 
because they're from Utah, so everybody thinks they're weak. So they have to be more crazy and more strong and more nuts than anybody because they got to prove their strength or something. And it's just stupid. Anyway, um, but even like like the people who listen to this program, I'm glad you're listening, but what are you doing? Like, there has to be a people that will live all that God has commanded. And you know what? I've been telling people to come for years. Nobody comes. Uh, one guy, he, he like moved like 40 miles from us. I guess that was coming. Like, no, it's not. You know, and um, and I don't even want people to come. That's the stupid thing about it. I want my own life, and I don't want to have to deal with all you people. I, and I'm glad to teach the things that I teach, and I'm, I would I want to continue doing that, kind of, but I kind of don't because I really just don't have time, you know? But um, I'm probably going to keep on teaching because I paid for the year, and God told me to, and every time I stop doing it, uh, I feel like bad about it because he asked me to do something and I'm trying to do it but uh, you know this is just going on years and years and years and years and years of rejection and it pisses me off and the more I do the more I raise up my head against the devil's kingdom the more he comes after me so I have to deal with that and uh, I'm pretty much just done with it all but I'll continue doing it but I just I want to be done with that I don't want to do this anymore I don't care and I'm tired of arguing with people. And I know what I know, a lot of what I know, because I've gotten it directly from God, and nobody accepts that. You know, I told, I, I tell people things, and then they want to argue with me about it. And I'm like, I'm just the messenger. I'm just telling you what I was told. Go argue with God, because that's what you're doing. You know, if I really am a messenger, but nobody accepts me as a messenger. They accept me as a as a parody or a par- what do they call it, Kim? She doesn't know because she's not listening because she's heard it all before. <laughs> Did you want to read it on the show? And... Okay. Anyway, what Emma? They call you what? What were you thinking? I don't know. I, I'm just a parody. Yeah, maybe I'm a parody of a prophet. I guess. Or maybe I'm a false prophet. Maybe a whole bunch of things. But you know what? I I did see the father face to face. (laughs) What? You've been called the red-bearded false prophet of Orangeville, so maybe that's the word you're looking for. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and then people think I'm Jesus. Who thinks she's Jesus? No, I don't think I'm Jesus. I wouldn't want to be. I don't want to be a god. I just want to be left alone, pretty much. That's all I want. Anyway, I don't know if we'll be back on tomorrow, but if we are, we're going to be on Chapter 14. And um, I, I guess that's all I've got to say about that. Is there anything that any Kim doesn't have anything to say because she's texting? Are you texting Danielle in the back seat? <laughs> Oh, she's texting Katie. Did, uh, I think the funniest thing is, it's like, oh, I thought Katie and uh, and Kim's ex-husband went to court today, 
and he got hold on three class A felonies, three class B felonies endangering the welfare of a child or is there two charges for that of children? One class A felony is 25 to life. 75 years to life. Thank God. I hope that he's convicted. Yeah. So he's got three class A felonies three Class B felonies endangering the welfare of children. Um, Emmett is not my yep. son. Emmett is my stepson, but he is my son. He might attack. as well be my son. I am you better adopt his dad. <laughs> I am. I adopted him. Uh, we've been filled, so. Who's mom? Oh, the scumbag's mom testified against him too. Well, I don't even care about her. Anyway, so um, so basically, my wife's ex-husband went to prison, and he she escaped with Emmett and Olivia. Thank God. Uh, with their lives He got worse when he was in prison And then when he got out He got with somebody that Kim knew And convinced her Because he's a, a Silver tongue demon that, that Kim A manipulator Yeah uh, And Emmett still remembers him So he knows what I'm talking about I have never met the man And I don't want to But anyway I've read news articles And a bunch of other stuff But um, that he convinced her that Kim just made it all up and she just wanted to take the children and, and get away because she wanted to take them, take them from him, whatever his excuses were. And she's not very bright to begin with because uh, she has brain injuries and uh, she's got a lot of memory loss. Anyway, but he married her and then he did things to her that were worse a boy and a had two yeah he's got two kids a boy and a girl just like Kim had before I met her and I, I won't get into all of that anyway so he what he did was way worse than the really really bad stuff that went with Kim anyway but um so he just got charged today and I guess Katie testified in court against him, and the mother, his mother, testified in court or something, and uh, hopefully the charges stick, and he gets 25 years to life for each Class A felony that he committed, and he actually has committed more, way, 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 way more than three Class A felonies, but those are the ones that stuck. So, anyway, um, so that's good news, and Katie is excited. Uh, Let me just tell you that it took so much courage for her to go into that courtroom with him there. Um, He would chain her up to 
the bed and board up windows and make her drink urine and do other things. Uh, and not just her, her, the kids too. Like this man was a complete monster. So, um, so she's elated that this is over with. But is it over with? It's not. The defense. Oh, did they charge? Okay, did did they find him guilty? Okay, so they found him guilty for three Class A felonies, three Class B felonies, and endangering the welfare of a child. That's what he's indicted on, but he didn't get found guilty. There hasn't been a jury trial yet. Okay, so you're confusing me. Okay, so there's the indictment. The trial has not happened yet. That'll probably be a jury trial. He's Yeah, his mom is a manipulator that created him. So anyway, she should be in prison for the things that she allowed to have or to happen. But that's another story. Anyway, so um, I know that some people who listen to this program, we've talked about it in the past. So that's an update for you. And uh, hopefully he's in jail until hell freezes over. And uh, and I hope that when he goes to hell that there's a special red-hot spike just for his sweet large posterior <laughs> anyway but Emmett is my son because I have raised him and Emmett actually acts a lot like me although he is way more lazy than me because I am awesome and strong and manly and Emmett he is a little bit lazy but at least he reads good and he's really smart so Kim Kids not paying attention. I thought I was going to get smashed for that, but <laughs> anyway. All right, Emma, well, I I'm going to let you go because we're up. not going to even be home until midnight. What's that? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Oh, I was going to say some stuff uh, about that whole situation. I'm not sure whether I want him to live a really long life or a really short life because I know that at least most of those crimes are going to stick. Because there's so many things that he's done that even just to me and to my mom that he could have gone away for life for. Um, and he already had, like, a whole bunch of stuff against him before. So uh, it's most and likely a, a lot of it. Yeah. There was a mistrial, and Kim didn't want to have to go through, back through the uh, grand jury, another grand jury trial with all living. When you have to talk about the things that you've been through, um, it's basically kind of like reliving the experience. And um, it's hard. And that's why I don't like to talk about the things that happened to me because it just brings it back up and I have a problem with it anyway. So so I completely understand. Danielle has had things happen to her too. She's our friend that is riding around with us in West Valley. So she completely understands. Anyway, so uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to be done for tonight, so... Okay. Sorry about the tangent, but uh, that's what Kim just got the text that they finally indicted him. 
And uh, I guess we're going to be done with the program. So thank you for listening, everyone. I'm sorry that I don't care about doing this program anymore. And I hope that I get better at wanting to do it because I should want to do it. I just don't care anymore because I just don't. I'm tired of it, tired of the whole thing. So anyway, maybe maybe I just need a couple days off. Well, oh, you're breaking up. Maybe this will be my last program. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to let it go. And uh, thank you for doing the thing and uh, signing out. Bye. Okay, bye. This is the Red Rec Center, and I'm just trying to do a, youth, uh, a turn because I couldn't make the turn there. Oh, am I muted? Nope. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Lost my give a crap.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.